Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Two little podcasts fell into a bucket of cream. The first podcast gave up quickly and drowned. The second podcast wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that he eventually churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking to my guy all wrong. You do it again, I'm going to stab you in the face. More cowbell. More cowbell. (laughs) There's a fever. Frank, you don't have to choose. It's okay. (laughs) Must have slipped right off your neck. Pancakes for dinner? Not on my son's 16th birthday. I thought this was America. I mean, I made a mistake. Carl Eddie. <laughs> I said, boys, I'm not leaving France without it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. We're starting. We're starting. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Real Feels podcast. We bring you a different movie of a different genre every other week. And tonight, we're going to talk about 2002's Catch Me If You Can, directed by Steven Spielberg. Welcome to Miami Mutual Bank. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check here, and then I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. (laughs) Are you a real-life pilot? I sure am, little lady. The jump seat is open. It's been a while since I've done this. Which one's the jump seat again? Dr. Connors to the ER. Dr. Connors to the ER. This is irrefutable evidence that the defendant is lying. Special Agent Hanratty, FBI. Hello, Carl. You're gonna get caught. It's like Vegas. The house always wins. Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot. Call him the James Bond of the sky. Hello, pushy. This is by far the best date I have ever been on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record. 30 milligrams of codeine every four hours. Do you concur? I concur. Dr. Harris. Yes? Do you concur? Concur with what, sir? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm sorry to have to tell you, your son has fought you checks. I have a payroll check here I'd like to cash. I'm working part-time at the church now. Just tell me how much yours and I'll pay you back. $1.3 million. I'll be choosing eight young ladies to be a part of Pan Am's future stewardess program. South America, Australia, Singapore. These are so perfect, the bank doesn't even know the difference. What do you want? To apologize. You didn't call to apologize, did you? You have no one else to call. I'm looking for your son. I would never give up my son. If you were a father, you'd know. Stop chasing me. I can't stop. It's my job. You see these people staring at you? They keep peeking over their shoulders, wondering where you're going tonight. Where you going, Frank? Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Don't bring around a cloud of terrain on my parade. Sir, we're going to let him get away. No, Carl, you let him get away. Nobody had a better brain on my Merry Christmas parade. I'm getting close, huh? You will go to prison. You're going to have to catch me. Who are you? Oh, I'm Drew Hanready. Mm, I'm just Jack. Uh, I'm Nathan. But am I Nathan? Is that Are you your, Nathan? Is that my also? Sometimes ego? people have sometimes people have other names. I'm 16. Um, my, name, <laughs> my name is Frank Abignale. <laughs> not Abignali. <laughs> not Abignali. <laughs> Nailey. Frank Abignale. Oh. They, they sent for me. They said they needed a sub for Roberta. That was heartbreaking. That was so mean. I know. That's for a woman my age to get across town. That's someone's life that just got wrecked. Like, well, that's a running theme for this movie. So. Oh. oh, very true. Uh, no shame from a sixteen-year-old. Mm. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Consequences be damned. 
Although it's really interesting to not see any type of like actual progression for Frank's character to somehow take on personas and to be this confident in order to act and like anything that you never see him fires from the hip. Right. You never see him like, you know, play pretend when he was a kid, you know, taking on roles. He just suddenly in that French class. Quiet down, people. My name is Mr. Abignale. That's Abignale, not Abignali, not Abignali, but Abignale. Now, somebody please tell me where you left off in your textbooks. Excuse me, people, if I need to ask again, I'm going to write up the entire class. Take your seats! Oh, yeah, you're selling, you're selling encyclopedias? He looks like a substitute. I am the substitute. And that's what I didn't almost understand is how good he is right off the bat. Like, he just kills it. And he, and everything that he does. DiCaprio? Well, DiCaprio, this was probably one of my lesser favorites of his because it's not as, like, cutting edge. Like, Inception, Reverend. Like, he is good at doing just... Films that anyone else does, probably going to be crap. This is before DiCaprio earned my respect. DiCaprio really didn't mm-hmm. earn my respect as an actor, a serious actor, until I think The the Departed, which I think was 2006. The Departed I enjoyed. <clears throat> Inception? Or was that after? That was after. That was, okay. That's after that was, Fair enough. I think yeah, that might have been like 2010 or, or 2009. When was The Aviator? Ooh, like 2006 as well. Was it? I think, okay. I think, I, I, I actually the think the aviator and the, the departed may have come out the same year. You didn't respect him during the beach? No. And I certainly didn't. <laughs> and during Titanic? What's he didn't yeah, go for great? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think Titan- people crap all over Titanic. And it's kind of like, yeah, you, you need to still respect. Absolutely. Look at really? Jack's doing right now. I don't respect Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I, did, I, I, I didn't then. He, I didn't then. And Romeo and Juliet didn't knock it home for I me absolutely either. hate that version with a passion. Wait, why do we hate that? With a plum? With a plum. <laughs> you bite your thumb at I me? I bite my like, thumb at you. Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Two you, households, both alike in dignity, and fair everyone where they are seen. Why do you hate that version? I don't like the acting between the two main characters. I don't like the ending where he suddenly takes out a handgun and that's how he commits suicide as a replacement for the dagger and the poison where he he shoots his head and then he's just he's left there intact. And I'm thinking like, no, you wouldn't have half your skull if you literally tried to shoot off your head with that caliber of a weapon. I mean, there is what's eating Gilbert Grape, but that was more of like a simple Jack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Never I mean, go. you couldn't really gauge that too well. I don't know. I've got mixed mixed emotions about uh, Catch Me If You Can. So I kind of want to. I want to plumb the depths. I, I think the the aspect of like trying to believe Leonardo DiCaprio's characters in specifically Catch Me If You Can. It's not him overall. It's him in the moment when he actually has to be in character because. Then when you can actually not believe him, but rather than respect the character as is, is when he actually starts to, it's when he's not being seen. You know what it is? Like when he's calling Tom Hanks's character on the phone. Old hand ratty. Old hand ratty. When he, when he's calling him on the phone and he's being honest, when he is watching well, his. Like the naivety when he calls him of like, I want to be right. over. And it's like, no, it's not fucking over. Right. Like, you- and he also, he wants, he wants a, uh, a father figure back in a way. When he's trying to be honest with his dad, when he's being delusional to himself, when he's watching his parents dance and seeing the love between them, when he's watching Amy Adams' parents' uh, uh, dance in the kitchen side by side. <laughs> Oh, you you hated Amy Adams? No, I actually thinking, liked Amy Adams. I was just making fun of braces. braces. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I did, I did like the scene where she has the she the get first scene where they're removed, and she's like all like grotesque smiling at him to try to get him to notice. Like, hey, everything's so slippery. <laughs> um, I, I think the the sort of the breakout performance or the best performance in this is Christopher Walken. Mm. I really did enjoy his his work in this, especially the one scene when uh, or when they meet in the bar, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm getting married. You know, you should come, and you know, mm. I'm gonna get the house back. I'm gonna get you one of those black pearl suits, and I'm gonna, I got a new Cadillac." And he's like, "You know, the FBI came to see me, and you know, hey, where are you going? You're going somewhere exotic. Well, uh, that's my son, that's, the shipper. I think you ruined this." character for me because introducing me to ray donovan mm. 
every time I see. So I watched this twice, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. that, that was just oh, my yeah. beat hitting the other side of the table. Went from six to midnight. Love that show. John Voight would have blown this out of the water mm. in such a different way because Christopher Walken plays such a good like. Not clueless, but just kind of like, hey, everything's okay. John Voight would have given the like badassness that that is his, da- that his dad kind of has that like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, they don't, I don't need him. You know, I'll I'll find the finance somewhere else. Do you mm. do you honestly think that Christopher Walken's character is so duped? By his son that he believes everything that he's no no well, no I think they tried okay, to portray in the so. movie that that Leo learned all this stuff from his dad which is not accurate his no. dad was actually a, a straight shooter yeah um, and the relationship going forward after the divorce uh, was also a fabrication mm-hmm. because he didn't see his dad after no. that. His dad died, and you know there was no no meeting, no relationship. There was no dinner with the chilled salad forks. There was no, no which, bar meeting. Which uh, is the that's best all scene all just him. story fabrication. Yeah. Again, kind of like Braveheart and some of the other movies and uh, Last Samurai that we've done in the past. I think uh, uh, there's there's a lot of artistic license that's been taken with the story, and I like that Spielberg uh, took those those uh, with. The, the real Frank's um, not like blessing, but just kind of like, hey, like, here's here's what I think that would make the story a little bit better. And well, he, he knew that he would do a good job because, I mean, even the person who was writing the book only if Steven Spielberg spoke- said, hey, Nathan, I want to do a story about your life. I will sign every right. Known right. To man. Like, like I mean, yes, absolutely. It just like it's just a horrible yeah horrible film and i'm like oh <laughs> or his non-union equivalent uh steven spielbergo <laughs> <laughs> i do enjoy the scene with christopher walken when he is having the the, the chilled salad fork with it's his cold. son and he, he bought him the cadillac don't worry i'm not gonna let it go without a fight i'm fighting for us Since the day we met. Daddy, out of all those men, you were the one that took her home. Remember that? Two other men sitting in that tiny social home watching her dance. What was the name of that town? Marwishard, Dad. I didn't speak a word of French. Six weeks later, she was my My son bought me a Cadillac today. I think that calls for a toast. But it's like the only true moment, except for when he says, "I'm you." if you were a father, you know I would never give up my son. But it's when he's realizing that like his wife is not coming back. And I think it's the first time I've ever seen Christopher Walken get teary-eyed or cry in That's a film. That's why I say this is one of his, it's his better so dramatic good, yes. it was just It was just raw. It was so good. And he never takes any of the... the of the gifts. The, the gifts that he, he tries want to it. give. Because I think his character's point of view is that he did these things for to provide for his son. And now his son is doing the same thing that he was doing. And he just can't. Can't get those feelings reconciled. Also, right. he's 16. This is so weird. Hello? Like, if my 16-year-old kid is like, hey, I bought you a car, I'd be like, what? YouTube has been good to you. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. what? it's just weird. Like, I, I get it. It's the times a little bit more. But, but I mean, the story broken down at its, its core is more or less true. Yeah. But there were so many liberties taken with a lot of things that... True. They try to glorify it, and and we talked about this with Matchstick Men, is that glorifying con men, I, it just really pisses me off. As Bullshit, a genre. man! I know, exactly. Yeah. I, I think the only con man movie that I, I can that I don't dislike is... Um, Thomas Crown Affair. No, 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 no. Yeah. The, no, I agree. The name is escaping me right now, but the, the hustle movie with the, the piano music. Flow? No, the piano music. The, Terrence The, the big... Uh, Christ. Piano. Piano music in a Hustler movie. With Robert Redford? Uh, not the soloist. Um, Rainier? No, no, no. no, no, no. Well, Robert Redford, um, 
Come on. The Sting. The Sting. Yeah. Such a good movie. Because they're conning the bad guy. They're conning yes. fucking the dude from Jaws. Um, that's my money in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's a great movie. But I hate movies that sort of glorify just somebody lying and hurting Innocent, other people yeah. and society. And, you know, he broke, you know, that poor girl's heart. If that's even real. Oh, not just no. her. Like, uh, everybody's heart. Yeah. Really. Well, he broke he broke his mother's heart when she realized that he had stolen close to $4 million. But she quickly, like, moved on. Like, she had her new family. She had a new kid. The father was not heartbroken because he wanted his son to have a better life than what he was going to be able to provide for him. Because even when he tells him, like, tell me to stop. If you're my father, tell me to stop. And he, he just didn't. He's like, where are you going tonight? Somewhere exotic? Hollywood? Like, he he told them, like, you keep going. As for Amy Adams, broke her heart, didn't know exactly who she was. I love that. He's like, you're not a Lutheran? <laughs> oh, she That's sold important. me out. Well, of course she did. The FBI showed right. up at your, your engagement party for yeah. crying and out loud. I think the only person that he's really going to be, again, more deluding than anyone else in the world is himself because he's continuously trying to run and find and go after a goal that is completely inaccessible and that's getting his parents back together yet it's still or an at outrageous least not goal. maintainable right but even for him there's still the odds it wasn't until he found out that his mother remarried that he's all like all right well i'm done i want to stop now that that's what that's what kind of ended it for him i feel like the mother got sort of at least was written <clears throat> poorly uh, because yeah she is sort of portrayed as like a hua <laughs> at a the hua? beginning uh, and then they get divorced, and then there's just not much else left. And But he goes there at the end, and again, like, there's no scene between the two. He just sees her and sees the daughter's like, take me in. I'm, yeah, I'm done. done. Yeah. There's nothing. Not a whole lot <laughs> No life for me. Yeah. There was not a whole lot of resolution there. It was just sort of like him giving up at that point. I wonder if her affairs were already starting before the Rotary Club, like, inducted him for, like, the Hall of Fame. and I made him a sandwich. Or, Here, I'll make you a sandwich. I don't want your fucking sandwich. Or if it started after, like, you know, Frank Sr.'s money troubles really became an issue and they had to move out of their big house and they had to go back to the apartment, or they had to go to an apartment if she had to find something that made her happy again. Tom Hanks, though. I love Tom Hanks in this movie. I felt like this was an unremarkable performance. By I Tom liked Hanks. him in this. Well, I, everybody, I thought you, everybody loves Tom Hanks. If but he's this America's unremarkable. If you run this movie, like if he was, this was just the first film that he was ever in. I think that he would, or like maybe like you know, one of like six or five. You know, not that many. It would be top of the list because of some of the other stuff he's done. This falls deeply in the shadows of other roles that he's saving been in. private ryan good Forrest lord Gump, uh even splash uh, i think certain roles uh, the green mile yeah um, i think certain roles you can't necessarily like put up to comparison with things like this because those are definitely more iconic films this is a good movie there wasn't but- one scene with tom hanks where i was like besides like the knock knock who's there but that was pretty that was pretty off the cuff but i mean there's nothing that was like Ooh, Tom Hanks is really nailing that scene. He just sort of, I think, phoned in this performance. And I think yeah. Spielberg kind of phoned in this movie. How can be so serious all the time? Does it bother you, Mr. Anders? Yeah. Yeah, it does bother me. Does it bother you, Mr. Fox? A little, I guess. Oh, would you like to hear me tell a joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear a joke from you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. The movie is great. It's got all the things you want. It's got Tom Hanks. It's got the leading man at DiCaprio. It's got John Williams score. Mm-hmm. It's got amazing sets and amazing costumes and all the all the automobiles nice. and all the sets are just amazing. But even Steven Spielberg strikes out every once in a while, like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And, uh, and, um, Ooh. what was the one that came out last year, uh, with the kid going into the Ready Player One and Ready Player One? Such a so, disappointment. So I mean, it's, it I never read the book, so it wasn't I was disappointing like, okay. to me. I just think that I know. 
once you see it, it doesn't have a huge amount of rewatchability. I think the more that you rewatch it, much like any movie that you can rewatch, you're going to find more and more plot holes. Because the more that I'm watching things, like, okay, being an educator and working in a school. No, blame Game of Thrones. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm serious. Game of Thrones has wrecked a lot of shows for it's me. It's all about the story, Nathan. Because, because now you like, it's so easy to really look at like the critical notice, eye. Notice for things. And notice things. Okay, when he steps in and he takes over the class... And the sub has to, like, run away. I don't know any school that is not going to suddenly check on the fact that the sub just said, you hired someone else? Thanks. Piss off and then leave. But then he's in charge of the class for an entire week. Like, no front office is not going to have a sub sign in every day. And then if there's a parent-teacher conference, like, I don't understand. It's like certain things that are transpiring throughout the movie. Like, who is not checking certain things? Also a different time. And I, I, I constantly came back to that that line of, okay, it's a different time. Because there's a lot of things that he's able to do, again, as a 16-year-old and get away with just because he looks a little bit older. Like, he, like, looks a little bit more. I mean, he's still got a baby face. He's still he's still Leo. It's not, you know. Amy Adams thought he was 28. Well, <laughs> the, the, the whole doctor. Love is blind. Doctor. Which which did happen. But, you know, doctors, physicians, they're their own community. So, like, when he rolls in there with, like, the class of, you know, Harvard educated and, and resident down at, uh, you know, USC or wherever he was, like, doctors know people that yes. that right. are there. Like, they a simple phone it, yeah. call simple, like, would be like, like, have you ever heard of this guy? Right. No, I haven't. Like, who's not doing a phone call? Who's not double checking? I also want to know where he is possibly learning how to properly and almost, like, to the naked eye forge, like, a medical certificate. How is he getting away well, the forging doesn't bother me. It's it's endangering people's lives. Oh no! 100%. As a doctor, that that 100%. part of the movie made me the most uncomfortable and pissed me off. The most. Oh, when he walked in and he realized that like shit had hit the fan and he was oh, over yeah. his head. Oh yeah, do you concur? Do you concur? No, yeah. fucking help this kid. That looks like a broken leg, and he's crying in front of you, and he's just kind of like, okay, <clears throat> yeah, all right, you guys, uh, yeah, mm, I'm gonna. Do it this way. I think my favorite part of the movie is when he's a pilot. I think that is the, the funnest. The bathtub full of the Pan Am. Yes. You know, that's fun. Yeah. And the, all the checks laid out nice. And just him, like, when the, like, the little girl is like, are you a pilot? And he's just so, <laughs> like, he's just in it. He's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am, little missy. Like, you know, just super swag. And that's, the, I feel like, some of the best that he is because he knows that he can kind of jump around the way he's doing it. I think the only thing that he actually is doing with Pan Am and other flights is that he is just catching flights. He's, to he's, other he's places. the, uh, what is it called? Like the dead, the uh, deadhead, the deadhead. That's all he's doing. He's just popping back and forth and he's oh. sitting in this little like bitch seat in the cockpit. Gray's anatomy. Girl. And that's, that's all he's doing. Ellen, whatever. Mm, she, she goes down. Mm-hmm. Are <laughs> you this my dad? Best, this is the best date I've ever been on. Yeah, I, think, I think the only con that I liked of his was when he cons Jennifer Garner. That is awesome. That's a random thing. That doesn't seem like it adds anything to the story. But that's the only thing but that like, I was okay with. Like, if you're going to con a prostitute, con away. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> here, you take, this, you take this useless check. I will take your $400. And he makes, he, he, he makes money off of it. He becomes a prostitute. <laughs> he makes her pay for his services. That, that I was okay he with. Does, but, yes. You know, grifting the, the, the banks and the airline industry and then the, the bar association, even though I think he did get he his, passed it. He passed it. He did the bar. get it at some point, but again, it's nefarious. Yeah. And then the whole doctor thing, like, none of these are good things. No. Uh, but grift a prostitute. Good on you. It's also pretty you didn't rough. get cut. All right. Good when job. You, when you are lying to, like, parents of someone who's entrusting you with their daughter and, like, you're going to get married. Like, that's a big deal. The other shoe's got to drop at some point. Yeah. Like, you've got to know that. It's definitely having to also deal with the fact that, like, if you look the part, then obviously you're you're made for it. Or, like, you're good to go. Because if you don't look like you're supposed to be it, then no one's going to believe you. But everyone's believing him that he's a pilot. When he got his pilot's outfit and went back to the exact same bank and he cashed that check, the owner came back out. The same guy who said, like, mm. can I help you, son? And he when reached he out and trying to do the shook- necklace shtick? Yeah, and he's like, did this fall off? But he, he reached out and he shook his hand and he said, I want to thank you for using our bank. And it's like, it's the exact same bank, uh, you know, manager, whatever. But as long as he's looking the right way, no one's going to be none the wiser. And everyone's going to uh, go with this false sense of security to just believe him. 
What are we drinking tonight, Jack? Well, gentlemen, uh, we are drinking Clusterfuggle American Ale. <laughs> by uh, Full by Circle? Full, yeah, Full Circle Brewing I just Company. I like that name. Uh, <laughs> out of Fresno. Uh, it's a crisp, clean American Ale brewed in the heart of California. We do, we do like to support semi and local breweries. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe one of them will, you know, sponsor the show. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and while, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio got himself in a bit of a clusterfuck. We get to enjoy a Chris Plain clusterfuckle. Clusterfuckle. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag clusterfuckle. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. The moment he has all that, like, kind of material stuff, mm-hmm. um, he's like, this is Italian knit. And she's, he's <laughs> ultimately. Just don't mess with the hi fi. <laughs> this fondue is great. <laughs> he's in this world that he's built, and it all kind of comes crashing down pretty quick but i hate the barry allen line i hate that (laughs) if i was if i was being detained by a cop i think that's the least believable scene yes if i'm being detained by a cop and i say oh yeah uh uh, you know oh i'm an agent too uh my name's bruce banner or you know i'm I'm tony stark like that's a very popular comic book character even an idiot's gonna go wait a minute yeah but back then you have okay. I get it. No internet. No, you. Know, but there, there were no, no movies. No, no. But comics, TV comics shows. were super, super popular, and those yeah, kids run around going, the little girl. I'm a Flash. I'm Barry, Barry yeah, Allen. But either way, it's a moot point because Hanretti was an amalgamation of many ages. Right. He was not like that's not who it originally was. And I think they just want to throw a little like, oh, he got him. Barry Allen. I would, I would agree more. The Barry Allen agent Silva Surfer, <laughs> Secret Service, right. Thor. I, no I, last name. I'm on, I'm on Thor Odenheim, <laughs> Odinson. I'm on Nathan's side for like the Barry Allen thing because the Flash came out in 1940, so 23, 24 years. You've never I would, heard. I would think that Hanready had heard of the Flash, maybe Kent. Maybe. Clark Kent. <laughs> my my biggest issue, I think, is all right. If you want to be a doctor, go out, do the work, and do it. If you right. wanna, if you wanna be an airline pilot, go out there, do the work, and do it. But putting on the trappings as if you've done these things and you've made these accomplishments and you have that merit, playing dress up. It, well, it, not only is it playing dress up, but I think it's more and more reflected in our society as a whole. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I think there are other people in other higher elected offices that that are doing the same thing where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm good. Yeah, I've done this. We're good to go. Mm. And it's it's a stretching of the truth. And this whole movie is also a stretching of the truth where there's a lot of there's a core story that actually did happen. And then this is the portrayal of what happens. And I think that is that bothers me more and more as time goes on because we deal with in the movies. What was this? 2002? 2002. We deal with this in the movies. I read it every day in the news and I'm just sort of tired of it. True. Very true. Yeah. And I and I know Drew's like, don't, don't, don't get political. But oh, I don't care if you get political. That's not a problem for me. Who cares? But this this sort of, you know, portrayal and, you know, there's who you really are and what you portray who you are. And that becomes more and more mainstream. I just, it, it really bothers me. And it doesn't hurt that he he learns, but only to a point where, okay, next time I'll just be better. He still jet sets at the end. Yeah. And that pisses me off the most. He, when he goes, he's like, okay, you know what? I'll just do this again. And he's walking down that. I get it. The whole, like, he, oh, he came and worked for the FBI. But then he's also now a master criminal. Like, and I, I get it. This is the truth. Like, this is just how it is. But he knows, oh, yeah, they're using a, you know, a carbon fiber weave on the, the checks. And, mm, yeah, that's a synthetic <laughs> blend. Mm, yeah, they're using purples with blues. Oh, my God. This must be German. Like, what? You're crazy. <laughs> this is 116th all the way around. <laughs> Eats a little bit of it. Mm, yeah. This shit ain't bonded. <laughs> that's organic. No, 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 it's not. It was printed in the Northern Hills. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for it was a cold wet year <laughs> but for a second at the end when he when he came back to the fbi office and they were discussing the one check i thought for a split second the first time i saw it that he knew he was passing these checks but he was investigating his own checks and then i would have been like what the fuck 
<laughs> Wait, he's like, it's like, oh yeah, this is a fake. They're like, yeah, it's yours. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But he was just like mum about it, like, oh, you've done your time, blah blah blah. But he's suppo- but like he somehow if he's letting to- him like. He needs to have someone chasing him. That's why he. That's why he came back. I don't know. Is it- <sighs> and that's possible. That that's what kind of got him. Like once it started going, the chase just became, or you know, the the fear, the rush of uh, what I'm doing is wrong, and I could get caught at any second. That's what kept him going. But for him to just be like, yeah let's roll the dice again even though i literally just got caught and it was told this is my last chance or i'm going to prison for the rest of my life or a little bit more enthusiasm when he does get like bailed out of his prison sentence of like going in there and being like johnny on the spot with these counterfeit cases rather than like how long do i have to stay here (laughs) it's like it's as an long eight. as you need to. Like, would you rather be in prison? <laughs> yeah, we, we can arrange that. The goddamn which, FBI. Which he had a twelve-year sentence. He only served four years of it, and the, in the rest of the time, he's just like he's helping out the FBI. Which the counterfeit measures and uh, security uh, measures that he put for banks and check fraud from that point on earns him millions of dollars. I would like to see every more, th- more of that. More of him. Redeeming himself, redeeming himself, doing better rather than just like Tom Hanks in the airplane t- airport terminal. Like no one's chasing you. Yeah. I'm like all right, and then the, you get like the scroll of the paragraph. Like he got married and made millions of dollars and lived happily ever after. So the real Frank um, talked to Google, and it's one of the few times that he's actually been paid to like come and talk about his life and mm-hmm. not just about like. Like the crazy shit he did when he was 16. And so he talked at length about what he learned and like what, like what it means to be a father and what it means to be a man and take, take responsibility. This man is the embodiment of someone who is a role model. And it's weird to say, but like you listen to that, that speech and you're like, Oh my gosh, you're, there's no way you're the same person. Like this, that couldn't have been you as a kid. And it's like, no, that was. And I learned so many things about, you know, actually being a man and showing up and doing this and Mm. honoring your commitment. The the family, he's had one, like, cause I don't think he had, like during that time, he didn't have sex at all. Like he met his wife and got married. Boom. Those kids that, and he's been with her forever. And it's just like, that's crazy. That's awesome. Like 20 minutes or, or or something to like, do like a, you know, a 10 years, like what he's been doing, like uh, even like a freaking montage. That would have been neat for like, you know, 10 years later. And then Tom Hanks is how he's redeemed himself and what he's been doing. That would have been good. That would have been, that That would have been good. good Like he, like he goes down to look at the check and then he comes back up and he has gray in his hair and it's 10 years later. Oh, that would have been great. And then Frank comes in with, with the coffee and he's all like morning hand ready. And then he sets the coffee down. See, now it's no longer. He's got his wedding ring on. It's no longer catch me if you can. It's all like. Like the wolf and the wolf and the sheepdog when they're checking in during the Merry Melodies cartoons. Like, morning, Frank. (laughs) Morning, Morning, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) You promised me me you'd quit. Then sort of glorifying the life that he was leading while he was conning everybody. I think they spent too much time doing that. And there was almost too much like, I'm thumbing my nose at authority and I'm banging whores even like when he's in in france or the, the james bond thing yeah when he's just like oh like who are you gonna catch me that was like, so dumb and i was like no, come on and he's come like on. stuffing checks in his shirt like come how many, on man. how many checks was he printing because when when he hit like you know stop the presses and it just like explodes checks there's like 500 600 checks just like exploding in the air and then going to the ground and he's like we only talk on christmas <laughs> You know what that scene reminded me of with the, with the machinery going on in the background? It reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You remember me? When I grifted the government to the banks, I looked just like this. <laughs> They'll kill you. They'll kill you, Frank. Oh. I think you're full of bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to walk out now. Wild Bill is just in a uh, in Band of Brothers, uh, the actor, which I was looking it up and I mm-hmm. could not find his name. Um, but he's in this film and I love him. He's in a very small role, but it's just enough to just kind of give that like, 
I know where you're from. I feel the same way about uh, Malarkey in the Orville uh, because Malarkey plays the Helmsman in the Orville, and and really any time I see one of the players from Band of Brothers yep. or um, The Wire show up in like another series or another TV show, I'm like, oh. Well, that, that's how I feel now. With, that's how I feel about a lot of the Game of Thrones characters because my parents are deeply obsessed with BBC shows. Like any, I see where you get River, it. River, Hinterland, murder mystery, Midsummer Murder, blah blah blah. He's just things. making up shows. No, 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 no. These are real shows. I swear <laughs> to God, I can't make this up. Bella, <laughs> no, Bella, David Tennant. God, I love him. No, but anything that that those little characters are in because they're in a lot of that British comedy, a lot of that British like drama, and so I'm like, Ooh. I'll help my mom. He's in Game of Thrones. You don't know, so never mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. There goes, was a BBC hey, show about like a no. World War II detective, and it was during wartime, and he would investigate the different war criminals happening like inland. That sounds interesting. I can't think of the name. I'll watch that. Hmm. It was good. It was on Netflix for for a short while. I'll have to look it up. But the uh, I'll update people. The one <laughs> main sort of authority, the one captain from the wire, is now the captain on Bosch. And then I love the the uh, the juxtaposition. One of the main drug lords that was the villain at the end of the wire is uh, Bosch's partner in Bosch. So I'm just like, I love when villains go good guys. I know, they're like, they're good guys. It's like, yeah, yeah. Love ya. (laughs) Are we ready for Sigmontes? Sigmontes! Sigmontes! Sigmontes. So true, what we got? All right. So the first segment we have is, I'm never coming back! Have you wait, heard? Wait, just I'm like sorry, that. my my my, <laughs> my headphones were slightly off. What what is what is it for? You were saying it again, just no, like just the, just the last part. Oh, I'm never coming back. Don't say it correctly. <laughs> I'm never coming back. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, have you ever tried running away from home or thought about it? And uh, if you have, what drove you to either attempting to do it or even succeeding? Succeed. Oh, yeah, I succeeded. No, definitely. <laughs> Did you succeed? Yeah, right. No. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'll start this one. Um, yeah, do it. The only time that I feel like I ever tried to, uh, quote unquote, run away, I got, I just grabbed a blanket and um, I don't know if I grabbed anything else, but I, wa- I started walking down the street and I got down to um, a corner that, I mean... In Kern Valley, there's not a whole... I mean, there's no traffic. There's no nothing. It's very quiet. So I got down to a, a corner of a street that was, you know, 400 feet away from the house that I'd been a million times. And I was like, nope, going back. And I just went back home and had a good little cry and was like, I'm not doing that again. But I don't even remember why, though. I, I don't... I mean, granted, I'm sure it was... I didn't get my way or, you know, something happened. I was like, oh, I'm... I'm cutting into the wind. I'm out. Like, But, but yeah... Uh, mine was, I think I was about seven or eight years old. We were living in, uh, Batavia, Illinois, small time, small town, about 45 minutes outside of Chicago, but it's pretty rural. And, uh, I think my mother had made a deal with me where if I behaved or I did something, I could play Super Nintendo or just Nintendo afterwards. And there was a game that I had had. It's called the Silent Service. It's a submarine game in the Pacific. And Mm. you can submerge in torpedo boats and you come up and you can... That's not the NES one that we talked about. Yes, 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 we talked about this. Yes, yes. Great game. Great game. Great Uh, game. And you could do damage control and all this stuff. Huh. So I think by the time like dinner and all that stuff was out of the way... My mom, my sister had been wanting to watch uh, The Sound of Music, and it was on, like, (laughs) ABC that (laughs) night at, like, 8 o'clock. And my mom was trying to be like, no, you can, like, you can play tomorrow. Like, it'll be fine. Like, you know, your sister (laughs) and I are looking forward to this. And uh, I lost my shit. So I went upstairs, and I took my uh, school backpack, 
And I threw like a change of clothes in there. And then I went downstairs and like raided the pantry all while my mom's just disapproving watching, watching you <laughs> as I'm grabbing like snack packs and like, you know, like the, the, the well, don't take that the you're crackers gonna, and you're cheese gonna use those for school tomorrow. Don't you <laughs> yeah. throwing them angrily throwing the backpack. I threw in uh blankie. Oh yeah. I'm t- blankie is a, a must. Yeah, yeah. It's security. So that was the, the uh, blue baby blanket. My grandmother had knitted for me that, that at this point in my childhood, I was folding onto my pillow. Uh, at night. So I threw a blankie in and then I had a knockoff Care Bear. It wasn't a real Care Bear. <laughs> it was like a gas station Care Bear that had like a star and like a half moon on it that I called Yogi. That got thrown in. And this You're coming is, with me, Yogi. Yeah, this is also like January or February in Illinois and there's already eight to ten inches of snow on the ground and it is snowing outside. So I got my snowsuit on and my boots and my gloves and my hat and then went out and basically just buried myself in the, in the snow thinking I'd make an igloo and be able to like <laughs> survive the night. <laughs> and then after about 20 minutes, I got cold and went inside. My mom made me cocoa. <laughs> after she made me unpack and put the, the snacks away. <laughs> Did Yogi like just go like I can never look you the same? You're like stop it, Yogi! Like please yeah, don't. Yeah, no, no. And actually, don't, uh, don't judge much me. Much like the last episode where you and your your brother had the toy uh, draft. Yeah, uh, my mom has started sending me care packages out from Ohio, where she realizes that I'm probably not moving back there anytime soon. So she sent me a bunch of uh, Super NES games and some N64 games, and I think the. Uh, a Super NES console out. My mom just sent me a picture of a bunch of NES games and 64, and they're like, she's like, do you want me to throw these away? I'm like, <gasps> yeah. no. No, 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 the, no, 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 no. In, amidst this package was a gallon Ziploc bag with Yogi inside of it. Oh, fuck. And so, like, Anna's, Anna's <laughs> in the kitchen, I like, open the box, and my first, my first impression is just going, Yogi. <laughs> so yeah. Jack, where is a yogi? <laughs> it's in the closet. We'll, we'll maybe give it to to Jack Jr. or something. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I also don't necessarily remember uh, why I was trying to run away from home. I do remember. I think I got into like an argument or a fight with my mother, and of course, like little childlike mentalities, uh, completely unfair. You know, just not not yeah. having it my way. So I started calling like neighbors and best friends and going like, can I come live with you? If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. I'm running away from home. <laughs> and they'd be all like, no, Drew, honey, you can come play, but you can't. What? No, you can't live with us. Okay. <laughs> I hang up and she just like your mom was watching you. My mother is standing in front of me watching me make phone calls. <laughs> trying to secure just no sympathy just like yeah go ahead she's like go ahead call smoking a cigarette <laughs> throw in your line see what bites mister so tell uh, them i'll bake two pies if they take you right <laughs> nothing inevitably like came from it i think i eventually like called like my like fourth or fifth person and i had no one else to call that i think i wanted to go live with <laughs> <laughs> and so I just went back to my room and shut the door. Please tell me you called like the one neighbor where like the dad just got home from a 12 hour shift and, he, shift and he's having a beer and he's like, fuck off, kid. No, I, I did call um, our neighbor who she worked. She used to work for Jelly Belly. So I knew that there was an abundance of candy in the house and they were allowed to watch the Simpsons. <laughs> Whoa. They were allowed to watch the Simpsons, which my brother and I were not allowed to when we were children. So I'm thinking like, this is going to be a great place to go. <laughs> But no, I, I can only imagine being able to watch something like because I was much like you. I didn't have any of those restrictions. I could watch The Simpsons. I'd find things on HBO sometimes. I probably shouldn't have watched. Uh, I mean, one of my staples growing up was Big Trouble in Little China. Probably not an appropriate show or movie. Yeah, I watched Flight like, of the Navigator. For like a <laughs> that's, that's, that was my life. Whoa! <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> next, next, one? next one is called Fake It Till You Make It. Based on your own experiences and or current knowledge, 
What is a persona or career that you believe you could pull off? Besides a podcast host? <laughs> a, uh, a Star Wars Legends expert. Ooh. Uh, because my adolescence and my teen years was rife with... I've, I've basically read all the, mm-hmm. the Star Wars novels that came out from like 1990 up through like 2005 and, and beyond. So, definitely that. Um... Or a uh, a chef at a small town restaurant. I think I could. I think I was I could, hoping you say chef. I think I could pull off. I, and and if it wasn't like a busy like, you know, twenty tickets up or something, or maybe like a supper club where like there's a set menu and I could just do what I want. I'd love to do that. Small uh, like little like maybe eight to ten table. Yeah, eight to ten tables. Place. A small amount of dishes. You know, it's not like a BJ's brewery. Uh, no menu no, no, no. where it's like a Bible. Uh, I'd really enjoy that. I enjoy cooking, and then um, I wouldn't mind being an author. And and people are like, well, you should just do it. I'm like, yeah, I guess I can. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I, think I can see you being like a, a like a, a little bakery deli like in France, but like the American like the the Yank you know kind of place that everyone's like, oh yeah, that's this uh, is the American. He you know, he cooks he cooks food. Is, so so pretty good and and you're just like hey get in here yeah. <laughs> horse whack yeah. the people come to you like, come taste my bread <laughs> it's just as good <laughs> but uh, I texted you guys uh, this week I got a uh, an anodized uh, pan uh, to make the Detroit style mm. pizza and and, mm. and Saturday night that is that is what is that's happening. going down. I was so excited for that text message. <laughs> like, You're like, it's happening. This pizza. I was like, <laughs> crusty edges. Jack just sends us food porn and he it. really does. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's he sends the dirtiest descriptions of all mm, these God. recipes. I'm and like, then finally, the pictures, which aren't fair, Jack. And before and afters, like he's like, mm, this is naked. Hasn't no, even gone in the right. oven yet. I'm like, right. oh God, you dirty girl. Yeah, you gonna put some butter on that? You gonna put some garlic? And then he sends yeah. it back and it's nice and crusty and gold. Golden brown, and I'm like, fuck you. Oh, this yeah. looks amazing. I'm like a cam girl for cooking. <laughs> <laughs> like I send you the before pictures before it goes in the oven, or like I'll send you like the the steaks in the the sous vide bag. Like, <laughs> well, this meat's about to go in the bath. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy there you it. Go. So that's my fake it. Um my fake it is going to probably be a Caltrans project manager. Um so with the the Hyperloop and everything that um or the high speed tr- rail that uh has failed uh, miserably here in California. I often at work uh, talk with my buddy and we don't see how it's how it was possible that they just had a budget, went grossly over, couldn't even get to phase, you know, like barely finished phase one. And it's just like, yeah, I could do that. Like I've, I've done project management plenty in my, my job. This higher scale might be challenging, but I feel like I could just be like, Hey, let's just do this. Like, I don't see what the, you know, what the problem is, but I'm sure there'd be a lot of red tape that I'd have to fluff and I'd have to, uh, Frank Abagnale, uh, this. Mm-hmm. I would have loved a high speed rail between LA and San Francisco. I think a lot of people would because I hate going to LA because it's LA and I hate going to San Francisco because of the parking. You now really we're parking either way. Now we're getting one from Bakersfield to Modesto. Oh, great. Or Merced. And it's like, yeah, cool. Because <laughs> a lot of people need to go to Merced or Modesto. That's great. Cool. Yeah. Or Bakersfield. So yeah, that's. I think that's what I would uh, I'd throw out there. I like it. I was, I was thinking like, oh, I'd be like a movie critic. Where I'm like, no, that's kind of like what we already do now anyways. Or, you know, drawing on my own experiences and love of gaming. Um, I think a professional GM would be a lot of fun. For D&D? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Or any okay. or any other system that would actually like need like a GM. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I almost thought you meant like Warcraft, World of Warcraft, you know, being a GM. I'm like, that is a job and it's not what it's <laughs> like. Trust it's me, not what you it don't, sounds you like. You don't want to be a GM for Warcraft or any MMO. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've known many a, a bud that was like, oh, sweet. I get to play the, you know, play the game that I love and, and also, you know, get paid to do it. No, I hate my life. I'm like, oh, oh, that's, that's horrible. Okay. Uh, and I was, I was trying to like veer away from like saying like, oh, I won't be an English teacher. I'll go teach drama or something like that. But, uh, really stepping outside the box. Really there, stepping outside the box. No. <laughs> 
But something that I've always <laughs> been interested in and something that I actually really, really like the prospects of the career is something called a dramaturg. And so a dramaturg for either like a play or a film, if it's set in like the 60s, it's my job What's to research. What's the AC on a dramaturg? The what? What's the AC on a dramaturg? I'm going to say it's pretty low because okay. uh, it's not going to be anything that's going to be uh, really really high and requires them to go outside a lot. Basically, a dramaturg researches the facts for a play or for a movie and makes sure that they are correct. So okay. if like so if like the food is inaccurate, it's their job to make sure that you know what food is proper, the clothing is right. So like a continuity continuity expert. For yeah, like a essentially, movie. essentially that. I dig. Like, I like dramaturgy it. is a lot of fun. Like one of um the Mel Gibson Hamlet movie, um Michael Flockman, R.I.P. He uh he used to teach out at CSUB and he was the dramaturg for the Mel Gibson uh, Hamlet film. Okay, all right. Woo. Yeah. Mm. So you know, go Bakersfield. <laughs> Fuck okay. yeah! <laughs> it was, it's not that it's not that good of a Shakespeare movie, but you know it's kind of neat to like have that to represent us. Okay, next one is what's in a name? What is a fake name or persona that you would use for your new identity? Sure, you started off. Sure. Uh, so I kind of like took the first two initials in my name, and so uh, I just ch- I took it and and added and kind of like tweaked my last name. So it'd be I'd be like DJ Hollett. Okay, all right. I also really liked my uh, grandfather, my great grandfather's name, Tilden. Interesting. Yeah. So it would be. Uh, I chose, like, Tilden George. That sounds like a Tolkien name, I feel like. Tilden. Tilden. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I always vow that, like, if I like if I have a kid, like, my, my son was going to be named Tilden. Make it happen. Make it so. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> that's, I guess Done. That's, I guess that's half my decision. <laughs> so, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> so, my official stripper name... <laughs> <laughs> is is Peppa Jack. Peppa Jack. Peppa Jack. Like Peppa not, not without the R, like Peppa salt Pig. and Peppa. It's it's Peppa Jack. Peppa Jack. <laughs> now coming up on the main stage, it's Peppa Jack. And I wait in the morning as I step outside take a deep breath and I get real high. What's going on? Yeah, so that that would be one name. Um, if I did a pen name, it would be my my grandfather's name, Lawrence Costello. Uh, I always loved the Con- name Constello. Costello. Costello. I always loved the name Lawrence, and so do I. You can do Larry. Uh, Lawrence means laughter. That's my daddy's I name. That. Yeah, I love that yeah. name. And uh, and Lawrence Costello to me, he was he was one of the finest human beings I've ever met. Mm. So if Shall I ever good. if I ever did publish any sort of work. Uh, I would put his name on it, and nice. I, I think uh, I think that would make him very happy. My two names, uh, my going off of this, you know, relating this back to this movie, he uses Barry Allen. I would use Evans Christopher, Christopher Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so because I thought, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna like dupe Hanratty and go, oh. Evans Christopher, secret, you know, secret agent. <laughs> Alan <laughs> Barry. <laughs> Just to get them off. Because it's enough of a switch where it's like, oh, like, I'm not going to think, you know, Christopher Evans, you know. Hank Stone. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> and my uh, my second name, uh, going off of the uh, the porn star template, where you take um, uh, the name of your first pet and the name of your... Uh, Isn't it like a street you lived on? A street you live on. Uh, Bust spine uh, pine so buster pine buster pine oh see that works Which out sounds very disgusting because it sounds like you're like busting her spine Ugh. so, so yeah. like when you when you actually get streets <laughs> that have like one word and like i mean when growing up on yeah. like my street where it's like meadow leaf court <laughs> it wouldn't work out and you're supposed to take like your first like dog's name or your first yeah. pet's name and i had like two at the same time so it was either babe or pumpkin so <laughs> none of those are working for a stripper name for me <laughs> You called me babe. <laughs> babe. Oh, pumpkin. Pumpkin. I think my honorable mention would be Bilbo Swaggins. Bilbo Swaggins. Yes. Grab mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. It works. So, Jack, what would you, uh, what would you give this movie? If I had to pass five checks to five different banks, I think I'd be happy if only one check cleared and I got the money. Mm. Or what, they 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 gave me the money on one check. So I, I'm going to give this a one out of five. And Oh. All right. But that's got caveats on it. So Steven Spielberg, great. Tom Hanks, great. Leonardo DiCaprio, great. John Williams, great. 
Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, amazing. Band of Brothers, gotta, <laughs> I'm just going to go through the whole list of characters. <laughs> but I saw this movie back when it came out, and I rewatched it, and then the second rewatch, and the, the first and the second rewatchings, they just, they were tough for me to get through. Just And that's mostly for me, I just, I hate comment movies. Like mm, we can glorify yeah. we can glorify lots of other things in society, but yeah. this isn't one of them. And I think it's more the subject material. But you know, unremarkable Steven Spielberg, unremarkable Tom Hanks, and the only thing that was really remarkable was Christopher Walken, in my opinion. Okay, so one out of five pass checks. I would slowly but surely just stay above water, just as Frank does. He never really gets out of danger and never is, you know, in the hands of danger for too long until he gets out. So it's kind of always in this middle ground where that is where I'd put this movie at two and a half occupations out of five. Hmm. It is like dead center right in the middle. It's a, a movie I can watch. I have no problem. If someone's like, Hey, can we please watch catch me if you can't? Like, sure. Well, I don't care. But if I'm just watching movies, it's not something that I'm like, Oh God, I, I need to be watching me some catch me if you can. <laughs> catch me if you can. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> catch me. <laughs> Drew. So out of all the money that he technically stole out of fraudulent checks, you know, close to $4 million, I would only keep $2 million. So I would give it uh, two out of four. Okay. It's still good, but... It's. It, I mean, you're right. It's, it's not like a great movie. And again, the more that I watched it, I saw a little bit more and more wrong with it. You know, continuity and also like the believability that who is not checking <laughs> on certain things that is almost like common sense. Yeah. But still fun to watch. Now, that money you that you would be, uh, you know, not giving back the, the others that you'd be keeping. What would you spend it on? Would you spend it on maybe Patreon? I, I would very much spend it on Patreon. And even with $2 million, it might almost cover our special Patreon exclusive brought to you by Jack. So this month's Patreon exclusive was a, it was a tough choice. Uh, so we're going with a, a discount Patreon exclusive. You will be able to afford it, folks. Uh, but, but it, it <laughs> For is. For $2 million, <laughs> not is, four. Much like the other Patreon exclusives, this is, it has to be locally sourced. Uh, mm. it certainly can't okay. fly to Boston and, and do this for you. No, no, no. Unless you no, want to no, no, pay no, no, for the no, flight no, no. and, uh, four star hotel, four star hotel accommodations and, and all that good stuff. But if, uh, you know, what got me about this movie is DiCaprio's character, Abbott, nail he doesn't have any friends you never see him yeah really like, yucking up with guys and he's got a lot of strife at home and i feel like a lot of his issues could have been avoided with just a little bit of a, a real relationship with somebody so mm. uh if if you ever feel like you want to have breakfast or lunch or dinner or coffee and just talk through some shit. If you pick up the tab, uh, Real Feels is there for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's just, you know, that's just honest and sincere. I, I, I might even ask you, where are you going tonight? Someplace exotic? Going to Fresno? <laughs> you want to have, you want to have a couple beers. You want to have dinner. You want to, you want to be for breakfast. If you feel like you're going to do some, some shit, some shady shit, or you're going to do something you're going to regret, or, uh, you just need someone to talk to. You know what? Yeah. Damn Real it. Feels. We're here. I like it. Yeah. Uh, we call this the Saint Package. The Saint Package. Mm -hmm. I like it. Now, Frank also uh, is out and about, and he doesn't uh, get a chance to uh, write into his parents or call his parents that often. But there's ways to contact us. There is. There is. I mean, they can always contest, contact us up on Twitter, you know, at RealFeelsPod. You can send us an email at RealFeelsPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. We're always up there. And guys, we'd love to hear from you. Personally, I'd love to see some more uh, reviews up there on iTunes because mm -hmm. the last one has been there for a while. So oh. we need to, we need some new reviews, guys. And if you guys want to shout at me, tell me I'm full of shit. It's uh, just Real Feels, G-I-U-S-T, Real Feels. And if you want to shout out at me and say that I'm just kind of middle of the road, I'm Nino Rar on Twitter. You know what, guys? I will I will tell you this right now. The next five people to give a good, sincere review of the show, I will personally send you some Real Feel stickers. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Drew's got that old sticky icky in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that was supposed to be private. <laughs> So, guys, in uh, two weeks' time, we're going to bring you a new movie by host Jack. Mm -hmm. <gasps> and I believe it is Dark Fantasy. Dark Fantasy. 
Willow. Willow, as a baby. We're just doing Willow again. I gather this episode of The Voice. This time we're just going to do riff tracks. I am not afraid of you. I was raised on real feels. We we stole an episode. You downloaded the podcast and it went away. Mumbo, Jumbo, bring me an episode. This has been great. That'd be fun. (laughs) No, but Dark Fantasy coming up in uh, two weeks' time. And then after that, it'll be another one brought to us by Nathan. Yeah. And I believe it's... We're doing... Splatter Horror? Was that your next topic? No, I think we were saving that for... The Fall? October. I know I was sta- uh, I know I was saving my zombie horror for October, and I'm saving my kids' movie for our uh, the fall. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll save that for Oct- October. Is a very like bloody, you know, okay. themey time. So um, the next one I'll probably do will be the possibly a disaster. Yes. Oh yes. 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 The disaster. Okay. Yes. That is the, the disaster the will be coming up in uh, a month's time. Then. I like boom, it. Boom, boom, nice. Boom. Looking forward to it. All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us for the Real Feels Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iTunes and Podbean and any other podcatcher out there. And remember, got to make sure this check doesn't bounce. And you're the realist. And the feelist. Knock, knock. Who is there? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>